Hello, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful episode of PS Football. That was really bad. I apologize to all the listeners out there. Uh, I am, as always, I'm your host, the Poop Face, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the Shack. Shack. Uh, I'm doing good, man. I feel like you're channeling your uh, inner golem there by PS Football. Precious. PS Football. Maybe, yeah, it's pretty. Maybe you're Yoda. Maybe. Oh my gosh, the Yoda football. video. He's talking football. about. Uh, he's his lips. It's bad lip syncing, and he's singing about seagulls. <laughs> PS Football you must. I don't know. That was bad. I apologize. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay, I'm done. So, uh, yeah, so we had a pretty uh, boring week of fantasy football, I'd say. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. And and it wasn't uh, – I, I guess boring is the right word because there wasn't really any trades. Um, there wasn't really anything super surprising. Like, I won against Ryan, but realistically that game could have gone either way anyway. So – Dan lost again, which wasn't entirely surprising. I mean, they're really yeah, there. Even, well, and even though I beat Dan, it's not like he still can't make the playoffs, as as we kind of talked about for a lot today. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. So it's kind of like I'm kind of interested to see what happens this week and where we're, like, where we're going to go from here, I guess. Like, the uh, – the, the, the playoff picture looks kind of crazy. The, I don't even know, like trade talks are really quieted down. I think Jason's like finally happy with his team. Um, so all the kind of random shit that we've given him just like no longer exist. And I don't know. I don't really have much to say this week. Do you? I, not particularly so one of the things that i did find is i i actually used the um espn website today a little bit which is probably maybe the second time i've been on there and i stumbled upon a page that went through transactions and it was just like Mm -hmm. transactions per team and just looking at jason like he's got like six trades and uh like he's got so many ads, so many drops, but he has a total of um, 58 transact or what did it say? 58 activations, which what, I, what? that's crazy. Which so from what I can tell is that is basically you have a lineup set and then you're activating somebody from your bench or you are starting a new player for the first time counts as an activation. And so he had like 58, somebody else, maybe Joel, I don't remember particularly, had like 51, but like I was third with like 48 activations. What do you think that means though? Like, do you, do you think it's just kind of crazy? Well, so I, like he's just- I think it's stability of the team, right? So like we've already kind of made fun of him for just the amount his team's changed. So, like, mm-hmm. the turnover on his team would inevitably necessarily create more activations. But I think that shows similar to, like, my team that has 48 activations. Like, you don't have that set team 
to where like you can play everybody week out. Like you're really in his, and he's even admitted that he's had people like he's been playing matchups and stuff. So it makes sense that he's kind of juggling the lineup a lot. Um, on the other hand, I think Brian's was fairly low because he's basically got a team that more or less he can just set and then not worry about it except for bi-week replacements. So I think to a certain extent, it can talk about the stability or strength of your team, but then it also, like in the case of Jason, like it's showing that, you know, you might be playing the matchups, which if you're playing the matchups, at least in my opinion, means that your team is not that strong to be started completely throughout the season, opposed to say like Brian's team. Yeah. And that's really interesting too, because Brian had the most injury woes preseason with losing his starting quarterback and losing a starting running back. Um, just kind of crazy. Yeah. So be uh, where he is, I think it's pretty exceptional, but uh, man, CMC, we've talked about it multiple times. That thing's that, that man's just a cheat code. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to me how good and consistently good he's been. Um, I just, I kind of am sad that, Brian didn't do the consensus thing and take Saquon from me. Um, I, I, I guess I'm not upset that I have Saquon Barkley. Um, eventually, I hopefully hopefully we'll have a dog named Saquon Barkley. But but know. aren't you also uh, at peace in the fact of you weren't the first pick and pick Saquon over CMC? Like you were handed Saquon because CMC was gone. Ah. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'm I'm good with that. I I'm also good. I was looking at it today because I think I think Jason posted something about Ryan having two of the top fifteen running backs or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and I think if Saquon hadn't gotten hurt, I would right now I have three of the top twenty, but I think I would have had three of the top ten with Chubb, Jacobs, and Saquon. I so, would agree. Yeah, I'm not I'm not upset about any of that. Do you- do you have any concern about Chubb's usage going down now that Kareem Hunt's active? Um, no, because I don't really think Chubb has given them any reason not to continue to use him in like a high volume way. That's how if that I makes feel. sense, like he hasn't it, he hasn't been serviceable, right? Like he's been thriving in the role. Yeah, exactly. And like I even in the Patriots game, he had two rushes of over like 50 yards or something crazy. He fumbled the ball on both of them. But like that, that's still kind of, you know, running it a crazy clip. He ran it far enough away. So the return wasn't as devastating. Yeah, it was like a really good. Maybe that's what they wanted. Were they on fourth down? No, no, no. Gosh, no. Um, what about you? What are you, what are you digging about your team? So I, you're coming off a big, I've had this kind of, uh, crisis, if you will, of Drake, because he, he did really well in the San Francisco game. Right. And David Johnson is likely back this week. And I don't know what that means for Drake. And I'm kind of short on options to play. Like, I don't necessarily have to play him, but I also feel with based on such a strong performance, 
like if you're Arizona, you have a hard time not using him to a certain extent. And well, they have to because they don't have like with yeah, like the injuries they have to use them. Yeah, but I mean, like he was like the premier back against San Francisco because he was basically the only one healthy. But once you have a healthy David Johnson, who's supposed to be in theory back this week, um, what exactly does his role dictate? Does that become a 50-50 timeshare? Does that become the David Johnson show with Drake providing relief? But like I was talking to Dan about it. He's like, he's like, Drake's too good not to have 10. Like he's too good to have 10 touches a game. Like you, you need to utilize them, but at the same time, he's really good, but you only paid like a sixth rounder for him. So I feel like you're not obligated to use them unless they're looking at Drake as like a long-term guy, in which case you kind of want to keep him happy. So I've, I've been kind of toying around trying to figure out what's going on there. Um, and, and obviously you're not going to really find out until, the game happens. And I'm also interested in DK Metcalf because he's very touchdown dependent, but I also feel like he has the capability for the bigger plays. But once again, I don't know what it means now that we have Gordon. So I feel like because he's a rookie and he's pretty good as a rookie like you're going to want to keep him involved in the passing game, but I just don't know what that means for his like snap percentages. So we'll, we'll, well see it, what happens. It, it makes you, it makes you wonder with two kind of similar wide receivers like that. You could see if they're both on the field at the same time, I would imagine that having Gordon would free up DK Metcalf in coverage a little bit and vice versa. So I think it would depend on the week and the game plan of the defense. Yeah. And that is, but, and see, that's really what, at least in my opinion, you don't want, right? Like, you don't want to have to try yeah. to figure out the game plan and the defense each week to see if you're going to play them. No, but I think I think you just play the matchup. So, I mean, you have them starting at San Fran, and San Fran's defense has been, you know, pretty good this year, but they have gotten torched a little bit. And with how good Russell Wilson's playing uh, – I think it's probably a safe play. And I don't think Gordon can play for another week or two. Is that, is that right? Something like um, that? So actually, as far as I know, so I don't believe he'll be ready in time for this week because I don't think he's been officially active. However, because um, they activated him off IR. Yeah. So however they can, when they waived him, when they waive him, so I was I was reading about this because Chris, I think Donovanville brought it up, or no, maybe it was Brian. I think it was Brian because I think Dondi might have picked him up. Anyway, so in theory, if you get if you get put on the IR after week eight, you're not eligible to play the rest of the season. However, if the player is healthy or it's a short term thing, which is what he was, is he was a short term injury. When he's healthy, you can then waive him, which is what they did. So, like, the whole process of him being waived means that he's healthy, ready to play. Hmm. So, but from the standpoint... Yeah. yeah. 
Go ahead. So from the standpoint of that, he's in theory healthy, ready to play as of last week. And as, and I looked, and as far as I can tell, there's no restriction on if he gets waived. Like, you have to be on that IR for so many weeks. That's only if you're on the same team. I'm, re- I'm remembering this now. Yeah, so the IR designation is basically to free up the roster slot without having to uh, – with, with a player that you want to stay on your team, if you designate them for IR, I think you only get two of them a year, and you can designate two a year to return. Um, but it's basically to free up the roster slot. So if you put somebody on IR, like you said, after week eight, uh, you're basically punting the season. So, yeah, I think he'll probably be able to play. I forgot that he got waived from New England. For some reason, I thought it was a trade, but then I remembered um, I don't think you can trade an IR player, but you might be able to. Again, it's really confusing. What I thought was interesting is somebody posted in chat of the waiver priority, and like Seattle was like 29th or something. Yeah, they were really low down on like – So like – I feel like they threw it in there just because there's like, there's no way he's making it down to us, but just in case he does. And I've got to believe like when they're like, Oh, you, you wanted this waiver and he's yours to claim. Like somebody in that front office was like, what's the catch? (laughs) Yeah. What, what, what happens? Like what, what do 28 teams know that apparently we don't? Because I feel like there were yeah. some teams that really could use some sort of receiver help. What? Sorry. Screen turned off. My bad. Uh, <laughs> I even told you about that before we started. I, I clicked the button. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't because it like timed out. I clicked the button out of habit because I put my phone down for a second while you were talking. Oh, Shut the screen off. Yep. I do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll see what – I'm interested to see what happens with Gordon, too. I, I just – I'm really happy that Metcalf worked out for you um, in the long run. And and we have – I'm looking at the standings right now, Eric, and let's do – well, you know what? Let's do a recap. Okay. Um, we'll do a recap of last week. So, uh, as always, I'm on my screen, so my game's up first. Uh, I crushed Dan, but I did not crush his season mathematically yet. Uh, But I beat him 153 to 89.3. Russell Wilson, our boy, came through big. Josh Jacobs had a big game. Tyreek Hill had a big game. Dan had a respectable game from uh, Prescott, George Kittle, um, and Chris Godwin. But the rest of his team definitely did not look great. this win felt pretty good. I'm not gonna I, lie. I, I bet it did. I bet it did. And uh, you know, I still haven't really forgave Dan for the wheel bit of shit talking he did when he was playing me earlier in the season. So I'm glad you uh just crushed him. I uh I I hope the crushing continues. I actually this week I think he plays I forget who he plays, but I feel like <clears throat> sorry, I feel like it was somebody that I uh, was pretty excited, either maybe Chris or Brian, that I think if he could pull off a win against, it would be really entertaining. 
he he's gonna play. He plays Gandhi. Yeah. So if he if he manages to like, I feel like that's what you do once you're out. Once you're more or less out of playoff contention, is you mm. just want to play. Like that was that was what kept me like setting lineups the second half of the season was just on the like last year was just on that outside shot that I could get a win against a playoff projected team and like knock them out. Yeah, that would if he beats Dondi, I think that would that would muddle things a little bit more. Dondi would still be in first place, but one team would one team would gain a game. Yeah. Yeah, one team would gain a game. So um there's that uh Chris Effing Dennis lost to Brian last week. Brian with a late touchdown from the Dallas defense scored 159 or 150.9, excuse me, to Chris Dennis's 85.9. A lot of similarities between my game with Dan and this game with Brian and Chris Dennis. Um, although Chris Dennis didn't have a QB to get him a respectable amount of points. He just had a lot of guys in the teens. Um, it's the CMC show though. CMC and Mike, CMC and Mike Evans. Oh my gosh. I just, what those two those two alone scored them seventy three points. It's weird, man. It it's I so I, I find it I find it interesting that he's six and three because I don't know precise like I don't know precisely how that happened. Well, except besides uh, Christian McCaffrey and Mike Evans, I don't really know if I like anybody on his team. So it's more of he ride or dies with Evans McCaffrey. Well, like this week, right? He's playing Phillip Rivers, and then he has CMC and Mike Evans, and then he has Dallas Goddard. But then in his flex, he has two Charger wide receivers at Green Bay, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Like, I hate that. I don't like that. Um, Yeah, it's just kind of crazy. But, you know, he keeps winning. He keeps putting up the points, and – you know, good on him, man. If he can stay at first place in that division, that's another log jam there at six and three. Um, another six and three team, uh, Joel bested Harold, the surging, the surging Honolulu Blue. Um, Tyler Lockett, man, you got to be excited about this. It's taken him a couple years, but it looks like he's finally exploding onto the scene. He really is. And I'll be honest, I watched like most of the second half of that game and then the overtime. And I am not certain how he makes some of those catches. Like, I really don't. I don't know. Like, like, or even Russell Wilson, how he throws the ball there. Because it'll be, like, literally a window of, like, an eight inches by eight inches. And he'll throw it right there. And then Lockett will, like, contort his body and make the catch. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. He's, he's just having a great year. Uh, Derrick Henry continues to deliver for him with 24 points. I can't believe Derrick Henry is a legitimate running back one this year. Uh, and then my great regret, my great regret, David Montgomery, 22.6 points. But I can't be too upset about this because he is super touchdown dependent. So he got two touchdowns this game, and that saved his day because he had – 14 rushes for 40 yards, and then he had two touchdowns, wow. three catches for 36. So, so realistically, he should have had like 10 points, which isn't horrible, but he, he pulls out 22 points. Um, Harold, uh, it's forward down the field, baby. Stafford, Galladay combining for 53 points for him. Amari Cooper had a good game. 
118 is a good score, just not good enough. Uh, speaking of not good enough, um, Ryan was not good enough to beat you. You pulled out a win 114.6 to 91.7. Um, Ryan's really got to feel let down with his team this week. Yeah, I was I was pretty worried about it. And then once uh, Sanders came in with that, like, 22-point performance, I was like, okay. And then once I woke up on Sunday morning and, like, realized there was an early game and, like, checked and saw he had two people that played early, like, I think they totaled, like, 27 points. I was like, okay, this is completely doable. And honestly, we were – like through the early hat, like through the early games, our projections were riding like neck and neck with each other. Oh, really? Yeah, like it honestly wasn't until like the 4 p.m. games, um, when you had Aaron Jones going and not getting points, and then DK Metcalf getting catches and the touchdowns, plus uh, the a couple garbage catches that Jimmy Graham got towards the end of the game. Like that was, yeah. which, which by the way, I'm, I'm thankful for this, but like, I'm really kicking myself for not starting Drake last week because going into Thursday night, I took Drake out of my lineup, maybe 20 minutes before kickoff. Be- oh, really? Wow. Because I was like, he's only been there for like three days. It's against the 49ers who are really good defense and it's the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm like, this just doesn't seem to me like good. But what I was worried about was P.Y. Hilton was questionable and Sterling Shepard was questionable. But I was like, one of those, like Sterling Shepard logged a couple full practices by that point. So like, it was a matter of him getting clearance. And I was like, oh, I'm sure he'll get cleared by then. And nobody really knew T.Y. Hilton, but he wasn't a doubtful. So I'm like, okay, one of those two people will play. So I pulled Drake out of the lineup, and in fact, uh, um, Ryan messaged me. He's like, hey, you're missing a player for your lineup. And I was like, um, yeah, I know. I'm either going to put in Shepard or T.Y. Um, I can put somebody in there if you want just to show, like, I'm not, like, throwing the game or whatever. And so then I put in Sterling Shepard. Friday comes around, and he gets cleared. So he decides to play. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then, like, 104, the ESPN alert comes out that says Shepard's ruled out. Because, oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Because he had symptoms, reoccurring symptoms that he reported on Sunday e- or Saturday evening. Yeah. So we went back into concussion wow. protocol. And by that time, it was revealed that T.Y. Hilton had a non-practice injury that's going to sideline him for three to four weeks. So my only op, my only legitimate option at that point, because all the early games had already ran, was I had Jimmy Graham sitting as a tight end on my bench. So I played my yeah. tight end strategy, hoping that it would work, and they both limped along just enough. I just can't believe, and I have to apologize to you for this, but I can't believe Ryan Tannehill got 25 points. That's crazy to me. I was, um, I was sweating it because he was starting very poorly. Yeah, and I have him in another league, and I sat him for Winston, and luckily Winston had a better day. But I also have Deshaun Watson in that league, and I played him, and Tannehill had a better day than Watson, as Ryan will tell you, because Tannehill did out, in fact, outduel Deshaun Watson. Um, but yeah, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders play, I think that's going to be really good. Him on the, him on San Fran. Um, I like him on San Fran, so we'll see. 
We'll see. Hopefully he keeps going for you. But um, I really and then finally because my team, two of its like new contributors and possible key pieces for a playoff push, uh, both Drake from the Cardinals and Sanders from the 49er are fucking division rivals. Yeah, it'll be – I think if you get some good shootouts, you just have to hope that the defenses start to play really bad in those divisions for you. Yeah, um, I mean, we still have to play C- – we have to play San Fran twice and Arizona once. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be some interesting games. Um, let me look. Uh, Uncle Rico bested patty cakes, 105.6 to 70 points. Um, I don't know if it's a coincidence quite yet, but – I am looking at his top three scorers and the Patriots defense is not one of those top three scorers and Chris lost. So I feel like that is indisputable evidence that his team relies solely on the Patriots defense. Uh, would you care to comment? No, I would not care to comment. I would like you to refer to our podcast from two weeks ago where I did a lot of extensive research to prove that that was in fact a fallacy. Yeah, there's no record of that. I don't believe you. Uh, so Chris had good games from Hopkins. Anchor app, man. I can I can see it right now. Yeah, nobody can confirm that. So you might as well just stop. But uh, Chris Dondi had good games from Hopkins. Delvin Cook still had 15 points, even though Vikings lost a weird game. Um, but Uncle Rico was led to a victory by uh, everybody's favorite car, Derek Carr, and Jalen Samuels came through with a bunch of catches, and Julian Edelman was Julian Edelman. So that's it for the recap. Uh, let's jump to the standings real quick. Uh, we have two multi-team ties. So there's a four-way tie at four and five for the last two playoff spots. And then there is a four-way tie at six and three. Um, you can take Dondi out of that because the, I believe the way that it works is the top two teams from each division get a bye, not the top two records. So right now, Dondi is given a bye. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. It's just there's so much. There's such a log jam. Um, so there's not a whole lot you can do with it because I was trying to calculate if Dan was math statistically eliminated, and there's just so many possibilities to try to figure out. Yeah. Um, Things that is kind of interesting is in order for Dan to win out, which would put him at six and seven and possibly in the playoffs, um, I he would have to beat me and he also has to beat Ryan, I believe. Um, and it's like week 12, and I think I'm week 12 and he's worked, and Ryan's week 13 against him. Yeah, he, he would need to he would need to win out, right? Yeah. Or he would need so to- so that would give me and him a loss. And then you play Ryan this week, so only one of you can win. So therefore there's really not like a way like if he wins this week, he still isn't statistically eliminated. And he needs Chris Dennis to keep losing too. As far as I can tell, as long as he keeps winning, it's possible like he can be playing up until like week thirteen. But, like, if he loses a game, then he's basically done. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at this right now, and the way the playoff – if the season ended today, the playoffs would be uh, 
Dondi and Brian get a bye, which we kind of expect. And then I would play uh, Jason and Ryan would play Joel. Yeah. Um, and I would be and those are like looking out of the playoffs, even though I beat Ryan twice. Yeah, but you might repeat his Poopasaur, and I think that would be more important than you making the playoffs. Not. If, if I'm being completely honest, I'd, I'd rather not uh, repeat Poopasaurs, and I'd rather uh, get into the playoffs, even if it's a first-round loss. Cause you're not fooling. You're not. You're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling anybody. Everybody knows you love the lightning round and you want to repeat as Pupasaur. And you'll never convince me otherwise because we're really good friends and I know you. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I uh, it'll be crazy to kind of watch. And Jason, Jason can sit outside of the madness and say, "Oh, it's too early. It's too early." But everybody knows that if he was if he was four and five, he would be he would be talking the same way that we were today in chat. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you think, uh, how are you feeling about your chances to get in? Um, I need another week. I, so legitimately I, I need to see how, if, if Drake become somebody who can consistently get like let's say 12 to 15 points i feel better about my team than i did previously also one of the things that's kind of interesting is um devonta freeman i was listening to a podcast this morning on my way into work and he's been consistently getting more uh touches as well as more reps like consistently every game this year it keeps me wow. so, that's I mean that's a good that's a good stat yeah so like I feel pretty good about that and especially um, White's on his bye week so having White um, you know next week realistically after this week I'm pretty much through my buys in terms of my starting lineup. So that should be good. Um, I don't, I don't know because I have, I have Dan still, I have Harold this week. I think I play Dondi at some point. I got, I got it pulled up right now. So you play Harold this week. We play each other next week. Then you play. Uh, you play Dan week 12 and then week 13, you play Dondi. So I think if, um, I think, I think these next two weeks are going to tell us a lot about what's going to happen. And, and see, based on that, I, I'm cautiously optimistic I will play against Harold. Like, I'm not going to say I'm going to win because I don't want to jinx it, but, like, I think it'll be a game. I don't think I'm going to put up 60, 70 points. Um, Against you, not a fan, I will likely lose. (laughs) Because, like, so, like, I looked and, like, my highest point total for the season has been, like, 115. And you may have had, like, a game or maybe two games under that. 
Otherwise, you'd be uh, 130. Yeah, I'm just like kind of looking at this, and I definitely need to at least split this week so that I have like a tie. Like, if I lose to if I lose to Ryan, I definitely need to beat you next week so I have that tiebreaker. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, which we don't even know will matter if it's a if it's like a multiple team kind of thing, but me ending the season playing Brian, I'm not excited about. Um, I have to look at the matchup, but some, some games to watch. Uh, we'll go over through the lightning round this week, but obviously uh, week 11. So next week, I think a big game that week is going to be uh, J so Chris Dennis has a couple big games. So he has to play Joel, then Jason. Um, and if he's going to make up any ground on either of those guys, he has to, he has to win at least one of those games. Um, he also could pick up a, out of division win against Ryan in week 12. And then the, the big boys, Dondi and um, Brian, Dondi has a matchup with Dan this week. And then next week he has a matchup with Ryan. So if he wins either of those games, he'll have a commanding lead in the division at seven wins. And then him and I play week 12. And then he ends the season against you, like we already said. And then also for uh, Brian, he plays Jason. So the winner of that game will be at least tied for first place in that division. And then the week after he plays Harold. So that could be another division win for him. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff we can talk about when we get to it. But Brian also plays Joel week 12. So a lot of these division games are going to shake out the playoff standings in the next couple weeks. So with that, uh you want to do a lightning round real quick? Do I want to do a lightning round? Do bears shit in the woods? I would assume so, unless unless he's not in the woods and he has to go. That's that's a valid point. Okay, uh, so first up on my screen, as always, it's the uh, Ryan versus Jamie Bowl. Let's call this the. Um, wow classic bowl um and i'll i'll start us off um blobfish scare hippos ryan wins um he's got some good matchups and i don't particularly like my matchup with russell wilson at san fran so we'll see what happens with that uh i'm going to go with uh every day i'm rustling jamie wins Ooh, I like that. I think Russell Wilson's going to do you good. I hope so. Um, speaking of doing good, you and Harold are going head-to-head -head in the next game. Um, I have one question. Do you know which QB you're going to start? So funny you should ask that. No. I okay. I was going to, and then I've actually taken a look, and I'm like, I'm not sure who I'm going to start, so we'll see. Uh, so – I wonder if Harold is having a similar dilemma with Stafford and Winston. So for this one, I have QB controversy, Harold wins. Um, I looked at the matchups and I think he just has some better matchups, but I hope that you pull this one out, bud. I really do. I, I appreciate that. Even though you, you know, voted against me, but that's cool. Whatever. I see. Yeah. Him. But the vote points don't, the points don't matter, Eric. It's like, you know, doesn't yeah. matter. I, I put my confidence in you, man. Fine, I'll change it. Fine, I'll change it. I don't it. want it. QB count? It's not genuine anymore, Jamie. 
just it is true. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be good. It's recorded. We have it in the podcast for posterity. I back you up. You don't got my back. It's cool. Whatever. I'll do it without you. Uh, I'm going to go. The Shack Attack continues. Eric wins. Wow, really? Yeah, I, you- I and it's more it's more positive thinking from the standpoint of I think I'm gonna lose to you and I think I'm gonna lose to Chris Dennis or Donovanville in week thirteen. So I need the next two wins and then hopefully get lucky. Yeah, well I if you if you do pull this off, uh, I guess you'll just have to tell me to shack off. So um that really it's catching is one on of my favorite sayings now. It's catching on. A bunch of people have been using it, I swear. Uh, next game is Chris Effing Dennis versus Joel. And I'll let you start this one off. Uh, I would say Mayan Warriors don't have time to F off. Joel wins. Uh, I'm going to say Rogers bounces back. Joel wins. I just think Rogers is just going to explode this week. Um, that makes. Sense. I think Chris is getting. Co- yeah, I think Chris is getting Kamara back. I think Matt Ryan's got a decent matchup, but I can't remember. So we'll just go with that. Uh, the next one, uh, Dondi versus Dan. Um, as we always say, projections don't matter, but Dan is projected to win this game. Um, but who you got and why? Uh, I would say. Too many cooks know how to spoil a dish. Dan wins. Uh, I have um, a new hope. Dan wins. Keeps his playoff hopes alive. So we both got Dan. We're both rooting for that little guy. Yep, we we are. And then finally, the final matchup is Brian versus Jason in a close one. Um, I will do this one. I'm going to keep it simple. I tried to get complex last week and – you know what? It's it's simple. Uh, CMC. Brian wins. Uh, I'm going to use phone a friend, and I'm just going to take yours and double it. Brian wins. Nice. All right. Well, um, I just want to reiterate that I always have my uh, co-host back, even though I, I picked against him this week. Um, Betrayal. He's picked again. Whatever. You've picked against me before. Don't give me that. Um, but yeah, you got anything else? Anything you want to plug? I yeah no I I don't think so I think we've covered anything or anything and everything um, I think we should start doing not our way too early predictions for the draft next year uh, about where it should be held. So uh, I have a, I have an idea. Okay. Um, where where don't you want it to be held? Um, Ryan's basement. Uh, I was going to say that as well. Um, and I also hope that we're not in a basement. Uh, so where do you want it to be? Ooh, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I, I don't know. There's so many different ways it could go. Um, I think it would be cool. We had talked about the pot in the pod, I think on the off season about having an indie, which would be kind of interesting. Um, I've heard a lot of good things. One of the things I was thinking about is uh, there's a there's Brewdog has a uh, hotel called the Dog Pound, um, mm-hmm. 
in Columbus, I believe. And it would be kind of interesting to go to like that sort of hotel. And if they had like a, like a conference room or something that you could reserve around out and like have our draft there, that'd be kind of cool being that it's like a beer place. Most of us are beer people. Yeah. Um, also even just doing something like maybe trying to find some place like Grand Rapids or something um, would be kind of interesting to do like a boys weekend with the draft being like the central part. Although if we did it in Grand Rapids, I feel like we'd have to do the draft on like a Saturday morning because if we waited until the afternoon, like half of us would be too drunk to draft properly, which maybe that'd be cool. I don't know. Um, so, I, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of possibilities here. What about uh, you? Uh, I was thinking the first thing that jumped in my head was Nashville because I kind of wanted to do it in Nashville this year because, like, the NFL draft. I was thing. totally going to say that, too. I totally thought about it. Yeah. Um, I was thinking Nashville would be fun. Um, the other one that I was just going to throw out there because uh, I think it would be kind of cool because um, I guess I'm biased because Aaron's from there. But I think if we did in the Twin Cities, um, there's a lot of places out there that would be kind of fun. Uh-huh. Um, and then if we had to do a local one, I was going to say that we could probably swing Grand Rapids or if we did like, um, not like a, not like the, I guess kind of like Ryan's bachelor party, we could like rent a house on like a lake. That would be cool. And, and I think that would be kind of fun just to kind of like, you know, tool around and maybe like go kayaking or, um, go hang out somewhere, but. I don't know. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, what about? I think obviously. What was that? What about Chicago? Uh, I don't know. I I kind of would want a place that I'd feel more comfortable driving. Um, but I guess if we were doing it at like an all-in-one kind of thing, it depends how much stuff we're gonna bring, like how elaborate it is. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think Chicago, um, St. Louis, like selfishly, St. Louis would be really easy for me. So we could always do that. Or even Kansas City might be fun. Um, and that would be easy. Uh, but Chicago wouldn't be bad. I think it would just be, you know, finding a place that's affordable. I feel like Chicago would definitely be one of the more pricier. I, I would agree. I honestly like your, I honestly like the idea that you're talking about of getting like the, like the house on a lake or something like that. Or even if we were able to rent something like, um, someplace like i like i've been looking at uh airbnb and different stuff and like there's some really unique and interesting places out there that you can like rent that are specifically made for like group gatherings like not party houses like we've seen in the news and stuff but like oh this is meant you know this is meant for 10 people and has a wide open loft format and like something like that would be, I think kind of cool too, is if you got like, let's say like a loft in Grand Rapids or um, Kalamazoo is actually becoming a decently large beer city too. Um, or, you know, other places that we could think of. I think that would, yeah, and be- I know, well, and I know Dondi has like a somewhat of a conflict because um, he has like his big work event that he always does. So if we did like Milwaukee or Madison, uh, Madison would actually be really kind of cool. Uh, and we could get a place like kind of outside of it and it might make it easier for him. But um, obviously I lived in Milwaukee for a long time. So there's a bunch of places we could go to there. That would be fun too. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's right on Lake Michigan. So, but yeah, so, okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's do this once a week. We'll just come up with uh, our next top, top spot. Um, 
but anything anything else you want to plug did you get anything in the mail this week uh, you know what i didn't but i did so oddly enough is i didn't get anything in the mail but i did get a recording on my phone and it's telling me to go to carnival market which is a market uh down by my old high school in Pontiac. It's like an authentic Mexican market. Okay. And I, I have a pickup waiting for me. Oh, well, we'll have to keep us posted on what that is. Yeah, so I'm kind of interested. And, it, of course, it didn't say who it was from, but uh, they said that it was just – it was live and perishable, so I needed to go pick it up. So I'll have to uh, report back on what that is. Live and perishable. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, if you don't have anything else, uh, oh wait, no, you do have something. What do you What do you want to tell people in the league that don't don't like the way that you do things? Oh, and if you don't like what we've said in the podcast, you can go shock yourself. Yeah. Uh, so with that, I think Eric and I will both just kind of shack off on our way. Nah, that makes it sound dirty, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna shack off later. Yeah, it just doesn't sound right. Did your screen shut off again, Jamie? No, no. I hit the button with my with my pinky. Uh, but uh, we're still learning, guys. Come on. <laughs> you know that we're professional. Um, so with that, uh, as always, may the points forever be in your favor. And good luck this week, everybody. <laughs>